With today being New Year's Day, I imagine that many of you are anticipating that you would hear a message about new beginnings or about New Year resolutions or the highlights of 2018. Or maybe you're expecting me to invite you to take hold of what's ahead of you. Now while these things might come up in your spirit, in your hearts, as you listen to what I'm about to share, the title of this message or the controlling thought is the true Christmas story. Technically, as I mentioned earlier, we're still in the midst of Christmas, in the midst of the 12 days of Christmas. And as you, some of you are aware, I was in uh, Nevada in Las Vegas with my oldest daughter and her family over Christmas holidays. And during several of those days, my son-in-law was pretty determined to get everyone to watch the Christmas Story movie. And from what I gathered, he must have insisted throughout the years that these young folk watch this movie during their growing up years. After several asks, the final ask being on Christmas Day, and the fact that Patrick, my granddaughter's husband, the newest addition to the family, had never seen the movie, the rest of the young folk, my grandchildren, with a loud, bellious, and uh, bellowing and resounding no way was their response to him. But that interchange did something for me uh, it brought to mind how many things we have given up that pertains to Christmas, certain traditions, certain practices. And at the same time, we as a culture have taken on new things. And it certainly didn't escape me that in the midst of our holiday planning, no one mentioned the family going to worship during that time. And like many people today, when family members have all gathered from far and near, and there are breakfasts and brunches and dinners and parties to attend, relatives to visit, shopping to complete, meals to prepare, and gifts to give and to receive, to add worship in the mix is just one more thing to do. The thought of stripping away some of the traditions that we have around Christmas might very well be a great idea, but not without prayerfulness and careful thought about what and why. It might very well be good for our culture as a whole to let go of some of the traditions we have created around Christmas, especially the consumerism. It might be even good to let go of parts of the present narrative we have created around the birth of Christ. Why? So that we might grab hold of the true Christmas story. And what would the Christmas story be or what would we see or celebrate if all these things were taken away? I contend that John helps us to see that with all those things stripped away, 
we can expect to see and celebrate the Word made flesh. The Christmas story would be told in these few words. The Word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. Unlike Matthew and Luke, when telling of Christ's coming into the world, John gives no credence to family lineage. He makes no mention of angels singing or shepherds watching flock. He does not talk of journey to Jerusalem nor wise men from the east. John doesn't even mention a baby in the manger. And that is not to say that those things didn't happen nor that they aren't important, but it does not make John's story less of a Christmas story. Rather, with John's story, with all the other things stripped away, we see with our own eyes and hear with our own hearts that there is something more to the Christmas story than perhaps we have ever heard. There is something about this version of the Christmas story that men, women, boys or girls from any nation or culture, any race or creed, any faith or religious tradition can know the truth. John's account of the Christmas story makes known the essence of God's truth to us all. Matthew and Luke gives us the earthly elements and the historical features to consider. John gives us an account of a heavenly, supernatural, and eternal element that have engulfed humankind, a message given that we would know that Jesus is God made flesh. John starts his gospel message by speaking of the word, the word that was in the beginning, and later in this text, he speaks of the same word becoming flesh. Yet he gives no meaning of what the word is. And since no explanation is given, we can assume that for them, for the people in John's day, the word needed no explanation. The word was a very familiar idea for first century Christians. When you read the Old Testament, you will read many times of the prophets who declared, the word of the Lord came to me. And in the New Testament, the word of the Lord continued to come to the people of God. John the Baptist received the word of God in the wilderness. John the writer of the gospel on the Isle of Patmos. And what John is saying here in this, in this text is that this logos, the word, is not some kind of floating or fleeting principle or reason. It's not a mental ascent, not some philosophical idea to be grasped. The logos is not an impersonal presence. The people of John's day understood, and I trust that we understand as well, that the logos of which he was speaking is that which is powerful, a powerful source and force in the universe, a power source of creation and wisdom and knowledge. The Logos is God. 
God who is so personal that he came into the world in the form of flesh, incarnated in Jesus Christ. So to experience the word was to experience God in one way or another. It is to experience God's self, God's person, God's nature, God's will, God's wisdom. And if the word was merely an analogy, John could have used any symbol to speak of who God is and how God showed up. Rather, he makes it known that by the word all things came into being. And without him, him being the word, without him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. God showed up, God is still with us, and the true Christmas story is still playing itself out. Emmanuel, God with us, that is the most essential truth of all of our Christian beliefs, the essential truth of our only hope of salvation. John, the gospel writer, goes on to say that there was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. We see in this text that John the Baptist is lifted up as an example of who has grasped the true essence of the Christmas story. John the Baptist's life meaning was to witness about Jesus. He received the truth and he came to witness of that truth and to testify of the light of Jesus Christ, the true light that enlightens everyone. When the true Christmas story is told and we have grabbed hold of this truth, we should see men and women, boys and girls, becoming witnesses to and partners with the Christ we proclaim. Whether Jew or Gentile, whether Old Testament or New Testament, whether present or past, God's word has always shown up to let us know that God is with us. The fact that Jesus is God and is yet with us makes it known that if we have heard the true Christmas story, we too will become witnesses of his light and partners with Jesus Christ, with God even, who has come to be with us. And if God is with us, we might find ourselves letting go of things that we used to think were important. But with the new and heavenly knowledge of God, like John the Baptist, we find true meaning in who we are and what God has called us to in this life. And we're willing to witness to the coming of Christ in our lives 
and partner with the light that has come to change the world. And it won't matter if we are in front of a Christmas tree or at the bank of a river. It won't matter if we are in a worship service or in front of a TV screen. Like Isaiah, we will be able to say, I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My whole being shall exalt in my God. For God has clothed me with the garments of salvation and has covered me with the robe of righteousness. When the true Christmas story is heard, we should also see humility. Continuing to lift up John the Baptist as an example of a true believer, one who has heard the true Christmas story in the depths of his being, John the Gospel writer helps us to see that he himself was not the light, but he came to testify to the light, the true light which enlightens everyone. John the Baptist testified to Jesus and cried out, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me ranks ahead of me because he was before me. So John the Baptist reminds us of the meaning of humility as we reflect on it here at Richmond Hill in our community's rule of life. Humility, living one's life in perspective and a commitment to assess and honor one's own gifts and those of others. And putting Christ first, pointing others to Christ, we see such humility in John. And we get to know that such humility is our only hope of salvation. And it was for this reason that Paul the Apostle was able to say to the church at Colossae, Christ in you, the hope of glory. The true Christmas story has no end. You and you and you and you and I are all a part of the story. And every time you or I or any soul on earth embrace the fact that God has come to dwell among us, to love us, to save us, to lead us, to guide us, to dwell within us, we write another chapter to the story. From the fullness of Christ, we have all received grace upon grace. It is he who has made God known, and I would dare to say continues to make God known. John, the gospel writer, helps us to understand that when God became flesh, it was all about making God known to all the world. And each of us is called to be a part of the story. For when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, in order to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as children. And because we are children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. May we become 
what we have received. May we become the word of God made flesh. So if you were looking for a word for 2019, this is it. The word became flesh and lived among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son, full of grace and truth. Receive it that the world might know the true Christmas story. Amen. Amen.